better don't you always after a good hearty fuck you chris i feel much better mm. so uh I, I i've been meaning to talk to you about this yeah because you know uh both of us are kind of into thrash metal and whatever else yeah yeah metallica really tricked me the other day how so i uh i decided to listen to is it uh hardwired to self-destruct i think it was their 2016 or so album it's one of the like <coughs> the latest like studio albums like yeah. new tracks and everything I was like, man, all right, I should probably give Metallica their due because they are this big of a band. I don't really like them anyway, but I do want to see what they're up to. Just, you know, and I turned it on and holy shit, James. Yeah. The title track, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, uh-huh. thrashy as fuck. For real. Dude, it was so goddamn good. Like, I was almost mad at Metallica. For being hard again? Yeah, for being a good band again. <laughs> it was just like, goddamn, like... It was kind of stupid because we all know that they're almost 60-year-old men or whatever, mm-hmm. but still, it's like, man, that's a fucking thrash song right there. It's nice to see them doing the do again, you know? Yeah, and then uh, I think it was the Atlas Rise is the second song on that album. I was like, meh. It, it's still thrashy, but not quite as good. I mean, just right. the quality of it. I, didn't, I, mean, I mean, that happens. It's a fucking album cut. Who mm-hmm. knows? And then the turn, James. Oh, no. I thought they had shaken it, but it went right back into that real generic hard rock. Oh, like, dear. Not thrash, the hard rock. Yeah, like, I got you, I got you. Man, this is dog shit, but I'm going to hold out because yeah. it might just be, you know, they have to pay lip service to whatever. Mm-hmm. The next song, a yeah. hard rock song again. Ah, for cry And then the kind of like almost acoustic-y ballad Oh, no. Yeah, you're... you're uh, uh, nothing else matters he kind of. Oh, you? Yeah, the hard rock Metallica. Uh, and then the next song was another hard... Like, I, it's like, God damn you, Metallica. You tricked me again. You sons of bitches. You give me two songs that I went, oh, man, have I been a dickhead for talking shit about Metallica? Nope. Nope. You fucking tricksters, you. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I can't even separate them. In my mind, I, I, I hear Metallica as three different bands. The initial, Drunk Thrash. Mm-hmm. Hard Rock, Hard Rock, Hard Rock, Hard Rock. And then, then oh, God, I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it, it almost got... Pop? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, I, I, if I could separate, if I, could, if I just knew Metallica was the Hard Rock Metallica with nothing else, the, I'd be okay we, for that. If are we were talking... Ba- the thrash or the hard rock? Are we talking fucking no, four I'm, horsemen or give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire? <sighs> I'm talking about the OG, like when they first hit, and then they had a couple albums that still did it, and then they started hard rocking, and then they got cartoony. So I have a theory about about that, and I don't know how true it is, and it's not even like that wild of a theory. Uh-huh. But I need to back it up to kind of explain it. I've been listening to a lot of Megadeth lately, uh-huh. and while they are not even within the top two of my favorite of just the big four of Thrash, obviously being Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer, mm-hmm. obviously Slayer is the greatest Thrash band of all time. I would, I would tend to agree with you out of those four, yeah. Yeah, Anthrax, number two, because I mean... <laughs> Fucking Anthrax. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then Megadeth, followed by Metallica. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Megadeth might be the best thrash band because if you take out dave mustaine's lyrics and whatever and you just listen to the songs holy fucking shit because those dudes not only play but write a good fucking thrash song the only reason i don't listen to megadeth (coughs) is because of his voice (laughs) yeah i've heard megadeth with vocals removed pull over shithead this is the cops and you're just like (laughs) oh my fucking god yeah what who, Mm-mm. why is this a thing? I'm glad it's a thing, because god damn, these dudes can play a song. Mm-hmm. But, whew. I've been also getting really into the, uh, like, the big four of Teutonic Thrash, the German Thrash. Okay. That showed up in, yeah, like, the mid-80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Man, I've been getting real into Tankard. Oh, god, I haven't th- thought of them in a million years. Because here's the thing, is Tankard kind of sounds like uh, when the Exploited tried to do crossover Thrash. Yeah. 
Like, Tankard's got a real punk aesthetic to him, but they're dudes that actually know how to play thrash metal. I love it. <laughs> Instead of the exploited, and you're like, ooh, good try, guys, but uh, you should just go back to writing fucking Troops of Tomorrow, because this <laughs> sucks. I still liked it. I still liked it. I mean, because I think the... It was more of a feel. It was more of, like the kids say, a vibe. I knew they couldn't fucking play, but when, when they did play, and you saw them play it, yeah, it was a fucking feeling, homie. Well, I, I mean, Punk's Not Dead and Troops of Tomorrow are, like, two of the most, like, classic punk albums of all time. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could make a case for Let's Start a War on that yeah. third album, but that's where they started getting into, like, the real thrashy, like, mm-hmm. along with GBH and obviously the and big... And Suicidal Tendencies, they all went to that thrash. Yeah, and that's when, like, oh, the Exploited aren't really good at this, <laughs> in, oh. in my opinion, anyway, but... No, but as far as vibes go, like one of the heaviest vibes I've had in a pit was at an exploited show. And that's saying something. I've been to some hard shows, but when when you got that and you had that feeling, exploited hit it like nobody else. <laughs> when you hear Wadi Bukin try and talk between songs, you're like, I don't know what you're saying, man. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Let's I hit ha- something. Ah! I have no clue. You are the most Scottish person I could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and the swastika tattoo. And well, well, let's not forget about that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not from not a fan. Of a lot of people in them pits. That's why I went into them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really loved him saying like, "We're not a fascist bond," because obviously the horrible Scottish accent. Like, you got a fucking swastika tattooed on you, homie. Like, <laughs> I I understand it was probably the late seventies, and that was not really the I'm a Nazi. It was more being like an edge lord and like something that would be offensive, but uh, <laughs> a tiny bit. You yeah, think? but uh, it's also a fucking swastika, homie. So. Uh, yeah, that's a real noodle scratcher on where to fall in the exploited. Put, put a circle around and a line through it. We'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, you could have done that ages ago. Just do something there, Waddy. <laughs> Man, have you seen him recently? God, no. Because he's got like the weird male pattern baldness. Oh, does, it, does he have like the like, three finger? The, the three the, yes. finger spike? Yeah, the, the predator. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, he's got the predator. Oh, Jesus. There's a reason I wear hats, homie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be the guy with three finger spikes. The Captain Picard Liberty spike is not going to fucking work for me. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and plus after the heart attack, old boy got a little chubby. I'm surprised he doesn't fall well, over. Yeah, he's also old as fuck, James. God, yeah, I forgot. I forgot we're all old, and he's even older. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember the, that music that fueled your childhood? Shut up. What yeah. Was I yesterday. Still, I still love that, like, and I just listened to him today because they're on the punk rock Christmas because we mm-hmm. listened to that while decorating the oh, tree. Oh, nice. The, the UK sub song, Hey Santa. Oh, Christ. Santa Claus, you cunt, where's my fucking bike? Yeah, that, that song. Yes, I know that song. Yeah, it's just like, oh, man, that's right. Fucking Charlie Harper's had like three heart attacks on stage. <laughs> and up until like not too long ago, they still did like 200 dates a year. <laughs> yep. Charlie Harper fucking rules, man. <laughs> you fucking die on stage, He's homie. the best. And, I mean, you could do a lot worse than UK subs. Hell yeah, UK you could. UK subs fucking rocks. It's funny. It's the first fucking pin I ever bought was UK subs in the dam. And it was fucking hard find, too, because that shit was, I think, 82, 83. And just to get shit like that, I had to go scour record stores all over. I had to take fucking trains into neighborhoods I didn't even belong in just to get to the record stores. Yeah, and I think it's pretty funny. If I remember right, Charlie Harper, he's one of those British dudes that like, oh yeah, before punk rock came around, he was just like a pub singer and they did like top 40 songs. Oh yeah. So like, if you were around back in the day, you could have just walked in and seen him doing like a Beatles song or something well, stupid. Well, like fucking half the, half the punk bands were, you know, they came up, punk came out of pub rock. They're like, fuck it, let's get harder, let's see what happens, you know? And then the scene formed around it. So that was kind of... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. About the movie. And thus concludes our history of punk rock and, and why I'm mad at Metallica. Hell yeah. Those <laughs> sons of bitches. I'll get you, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> if it's the last thing I ever do. Hmm. Which it would be, because, I mean, he's been a professional musician for a long time and a drummer, no less. I have no doubt that Lars Ulrich would still kick the living oh. shit out of me. Just in car, he'll run out of you until you fucking have a heart attack and kick you in a spleen. Just <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they quit drinking in, what, like the mid-90s uh-huh. or like whatever, so he's probably pretty in shape. So everybody can fuck off again, except for, well, two of them can't. Trujillo can't fuck off. <laughs> oh, I love Robert I, fu- I do, too. And Hammett, Hammett's fine. Fucking... 
He is the biggest horror nerd in the entire universe. Dude. He's the best. I, I listened to him on Gilbert Gottfried, and all they talked about for an hour was horror movies, and it was fucking beautiful. And for that, he's the coolest person ever. And speaking of, hey, everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so that you don't have to. You like that? Oh, yeah. I, like I just, it? I lobbed it up, and you fucking smacked it. Like, yeah, <laughs> really spiked that volume. Mm. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino, and I'm another one of your hosts. <laughs> and oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got a brand spanking new movie to talk about, James. Yes, we do. Uh, we are talking about this year, 2022's A Wounded Fawn. Mm-hmm. Written by Nathan Faudry and Travis Stevens, also directed by Travis Stevens, who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, effectively, there's only two cast members. There's other people in it, but uh, it's starring Sarah Lind as Meredith Tanning and Josh Rubin as Bruce Ernst. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into this Travis Stevens character, <laughs> James. I like how you put the emphasis on the T. James. Yes. I, I I don't mean to be so direct with a ship captain. I because I know nobody can see this, but James has a wonderful, wonderful hat on right now. Got my Gilligan working. But uh, what did you think of a wounded fawn? I wanted to like it. I tried to make myself like it. It had a lot of the beats that I liked in recent movies that made these movies special movies. Didn't quite hit the mark. However, it, it ended on the only way it could have ended or I would have kicked my fucking TV in. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> same, pretty much. <sighs> I, I agree with you fully, and that goes to the point that I wanted to get to. Travis Stevens. Uh, Travis Stevens. Um, his previous film was Jacob's Wife. Mm-hmm. And it was one other one. Uh, probably, I, but I saw his one before this was, was Jacob's Wife. It came out not too long ago, maybe 2020. Uh-huh. Fucking Barbara Crampton. Okay. Larry Fessenden, classic Larry Fessenden. Larry Fessenden, I know the name. Uh, he was the barkeeper in Stakeland. Okay, yeah, 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 he, yeah, he yeah, runs, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he runs Glass Eye Picks, like yeah, the yeah. fiercely independent New York cool film as fuck. studio. Yeah. yeah, Larry Fessenden, fucking classic, like undeniable legend in the genre. Uh-huh. He played like... He shaved, like, cut his hair, like, almost like a Rush Limbaugh-y, and he played, like, a Southern preacher. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, imagine Larry Fessenden as a Southern preacher. Oh, I bet your scenery got chewed, uh, homie. Amazing casting. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. He's good in it. However. Yes. The problem that I had with Jacob's Wife and with this film. Uh-huh. There is a whole lot of style and not a lot of substance. Boom. Jacob's wife did the exact same thing that this does in a couple scenes uh-huh. where it's almost like the elbow nudge of like, hey, check out this cool song that I like. Okay, yeah. He does it in Jacob's wife too because it's Barbara Crampton who does like a dance scene, uh-huh. like a music video okay. to a song with like, I believe she has like a wine glass full of blood. Uh-huh. And in this one, it's the song where Meredith is like, walking through his house and doing all this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is not to say that you can't put a song in your films, Mm -hmm. but when it's clearly just kind of shoved and shoehorned in, yeah, that's a lot of style with no, like, substance. Right. Nothing to do with anything. Right. Where you look at something like that in, like, House of the Devil, where she puts her headphones on and she's bopping around to 80s tunes, yeah, it might be the look at this cool song I like in her dancing, but she knocks over the bass. There's right. a reason for it. Okay, yeah. In this, there's nothing, really. Right. It's style. No substance. I felt that way the whole time. A lot of, yeah, a lot of the scenes that they have, they're shot pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And in a slick, cool way. And in, and in reminiscent, I, my first thought of this, like when I was watching it, first thought of it, it was like Pack and Paw. He's Dr. Fibes. It just had like that weird arty vibe and that low rent fucking grindhouse peck and paw feel, even to the violence with the blood and everything. You know, so it had a lot of style, but there was not a whole lot of reason for it. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like I had a tough time because after the neck wound, there was no plausible way for a girl to have gotten up. So I couldn't tell if it was the guy's delusion, his madness, or what. It came back a couple times and only made sense during the end because it came from a point of view that 
that person could not have had. So in the conceit of film, it, it films it out and says this happened, but it was just cheaply done. You know, I wish it made me either think more about, is he crazy, is he not? What's happening, what's happening? But it was just ham-handedly done. Yes. And Not a lot of finesse, I would say. And that's what I noticed, well, because I didn't read anything about it before watching this. This was a, oh, it's brand new. I've heard of this guy. He made Jacob's Wife. I want to see, like, because, again, Jake, Jacob's Wife shot beautifully. Like, it's, it's certainly a film. Like, it looks good. And this, when this movie started, it starts out with, and I wrote down this quote, because they do a lot of front-loading mm-hmm. in this. They tell you exactly what the movie is. But the quote is, I suddenly became aware that I was both mortal and touchable and that I could be destroyed by Leonora Cunning, or, uh, Carrington. Sorry, she's mm-hmm. an artist. I looked it up. Okay. Now, uh, quoting some artist, cool, and then basing your movie around, I'm assuming they heard that quote and then based a lot of this around that quote because, I mean, to find something that was just like, oh, you're just telling me what your movie's about right up front. All right, mm. but th- that's not what I was getting to. Okay, the, the style without substance. Uh huh. When they did the introduction of the auction, yeah, and it's a lot of the guy's mouth up close, yeah, and then his tie, okay, and then his tie clip, right. I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to do a fucking, uh, uh, like a Shining, like a Kubrick. Okay, yeah. You're trying to do these establishing shots, mm-hmm. but you don't need to. It's an auction. Yeah, you don't need to do that at all. You're doing all this styly stuff for something that's not very interesting. And it doesn't pay off. I mean, yes. Huh. It, it sure does because he kills that lady. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, it's, it's an all right setup. Like, the auction for this thing, mm-hmm. it's a good setup. But it's giving you the reason why he wants it. It's like the MacGuffin. Yeah. But to do it in the way that he did it, like, okay, man, I, I get that you're trying to make an arty film, but this is not, like an artful thing that needs to happen. I don't need to see his fucking tie right. and his tie clip. They're at an auction house. I get it. He's fancy. Mm-hmm. Just show me the fucking thing. <laughs> like, I, and that's, he has the real problem. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, he has this problem because I don't fucking make movies. Mm-hmm. But he seems to have the same problem, I feel like, as like an Ari Aster uh-huh. with your hereditaries and your midsummers. Mm-hmm. Sure, it looks good. But if you're not paying attention to the substance of the film, you think, mm. that was amazing. No, it, it was just a close-up of his tie clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's nothing artful about this. So, do you think it would be helped by more story? Um, or more background, more anything that could have saved it, made it better? Um, I don't know, but I have a question for you, because I ran this by the person that I watched this with as well. Uh-huh. Is there any narrative function for Meredith? She doesn't need to be in this film at all. No, except for the, if you think about the overarching subplot of the battle between the sexes. Right, but it's established that, because he, his uh, clients or whatever don't want to make a bid on uh, the, uh, hold on, I wrote it down. The Wrath of the Arrhenius. Yeah. Now, because that plays a big part of the movie, too. So the Arrhenius was uh, three f- furies right. that would come down to punish men who disturb the natural order. Okay. Uh, thieves, murderers, adulterers, yada, yada, yada. See, I was getting confused with the Norns, which always jacks me up. Right. So that's the point of the film is yeah. that he is entranced by this thing because it represents what his own life is like because he is a man who disturbs the natural order. Right. He goes to the uh, woman who, I guess, won the auction or whatever. Her clients had the highest bid, and they got this piece. He shows up at her doorstep mm-hmm. to try and buy it from her. Or at least it's a ruse that he wants to buy it from her. Right. For these clients, they're willing to pay double, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then he sees his bird demon. Yeah. And kills her. With yeah. that cool-ass fucking hand trap. Oh, yeah. That weapon's cool as shit. It, was, it looks like a corn shucker, like a foldable corn shucker. Yeah, it's like a spring-loaded claw that he can hold in his hand. Oh, yeah. So basically, he just like grabs onto a woman's throat, and it fucking... Roadhouses rip, him right there. Yeah, <laughs> almost rips their throat up. Mm-hmm. 
I was setting all that up because I don't want to go through the movie beat yeah, yeah, by yeah. beat. But I was setting all that up to say that that already establishes that he kills women. Right. Because he sees the giant bird uh, totem, mm-hmm. doesn't want to kill her, gets overtaken with whatever, murders her. Yeah. Meredith doesn't need to be in this film. Had he just returned to that home mm-hmm. and then been... Uh, because the fates are uh, summoned by victims. Mm-hmm. They could have just been summoned because he killed that woman. Right. Eh, I didn't even think about that. I was just busy trying to piece together some shit and make this movie all right. No, I know, but that's what I'm asking you is, does she even serve a narrative function? Because it could have just been him going home, going insane in this house because the Furies are after him. Yeah, but if you think about the conceit of the movie, if we are to believe that she did survive that neck wound, right? If, if we are to believe that at the end of the movie when she's standing in that weird fucking... In a tarp? Yeah, in the tarp with the fucking tampon around her neck. Or yeah, which we'll, we'll get to in a bit. I think we both have some notes <laughs> Yeah, on the last frames of this film, but yes. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even get me started. Oh. <clears throat> but yes, uh, if I we're forget. to believe that she survived this neck wound... The narrative says, earlier it's going to show that she is like a an aspect of that, those fate, uh, an aspect of that. Of all the victims. Of, of all the victims. So she had to be there in order to make it man versus woman, fates versus person, aspects of fate. If she was not there, then it would have worked as a movie, but I think it would have taken a piece out and made me like it less because that's one thing that I could latch onto. That's one thing that I could pull back into the movie. Right, but had it been a single character of a man going in what we presume to be insane inside of his house, and it turns out that it really was these Greek goddesses, mm-hmm. that would be just as much of a film, right? It'd be effectively the same movie, but without all the filler of them going on like a weekend date. Well, if it would have made an hour movie, I would have appreciated it more. Right. I get you. But in order to A, pad it, and B, add that one aspect, I think they had to have... Her as the the victor. And that's what um, another problem that I had with this movie. Because, as we've already alluded to, there is a chunk of this that makes it seem like he's just completely insane. Right. Because, I mean, nobody else ever sees the giant bird totem. That's just him losing his mind, presumably. Absolutely. But they kind of discredit that by adding the supernatural aspects that Meredith sees. Because then it eliminates the chance that it's not supernatural. Right. That makes it all real, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is a real misstep to, if you're going to try and play the insanity card, you can't also give us these ghosts telling her to get out, to run, all right. this other shit. Right. I, I was upset about that, and I, I couldn't put my finger on why, but you just answered my question. Yeah, because it negates an entire part of the film. Because after she started seeing stuff, there, I, well, What's okay. What's the point? So either they're both going crazy or all of this is actually happening. I mean, there's no other way you can look at it Mm -hmm. because it's not just his hallucinations. Because, again, we have to have the conceit of the film. She survived at the end of the film because it's from a point of view that could not be taken from either one of them. So it had to be the supernatural existing. But it was never it was always alluded to. But it would have I think it would have been better if they would have taken that out. Because it needs to be one or the other. It needs to be supernatural from jump. Like, I mean, from, like, jump jump. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have to give me more backstory on that supernatural or fuck you. Don't don't give it to me. Yeah, because it's not like a housebound situation where everything seems kind of supernatural, but mm-hmm. there's an explanation for it. She literally is seeing ghosts and hearing voices. Right. <sighs> Which means that if we're taking that at face value because she sees like an entire woman run out onto a porch. <laughs> On the porch, yeah. That has to mean that the giant bird statue is a real thing that exists as well, right? Yeah, and it fucked with me because I'm like... So then what does that have to do with the story if it's the Furies coming after I him? knew that something hinky about old boy, right? But not having watched the movie or not read any... I made it... I knew it was about a serial killer, right? So I'm watching it. Well, maybe one of the chicks he bagged before escaped. Holy fuck. You know, that would have been interesting as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, he might have got hurt. Now old girl's fucking alerted. Yeah. Because 
here's another aspect that I really didn't care for that they had to make her like a previously abused woman. I don't know why that was necessary. It, it doesn't take anything away from the film. No, but because, uh, well, I don't know. It, it added to because you knew you noticed that she yeah. kept seeing these flags, but she was afraid to go. Normal, if you weren't had come from that kind of background, you're for, well. Fuck this guy. Hey, sorry, buddy. Uh, you're a little screwy. I gotta go. You know, I had been gone from jump, right? So needs a background of why would she be there? Why would she be there after she just spent? 30 minutes listening to a mansplain a whole fucking thing about art. She's like, <laughs> yep. I, I'd have fucking, <laughs> you would have got shanked a little early in my day. Shut the fuck up. No, shut the fuck up. No, shut the fuck up. No, most women have been like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've got a phone call. I'm not feeling good. It's mm-hmm. my, my time of the month. I got to go. You know, the only, the only sensible reason for, not sensible, but the only realistic reason for her to continue to be there, even though she was fucking freaking out. Was she like, oh my, I don't know what to do now, you know, deer in the headlights kind of thing. Yeah, and there are points where, and she's a very, very good actress. Oh, God, yeah. Her performance is fantastic. So is his, except it, for a few parts, which made me laugh. Yeah, that, I'm, that's more direction, I'm going to say, <laughs> than uh, performance. But there are times where, like, she almost gives the hint of, is she being too reactionary mm-hmm. to these things that seem off? Like, is it her or is he being aggressive? Like, yeah. she does have that, you know, like, a- am I worrying too much or reading too much into these things? Mm-hmm. Expressions. But what I'm saying is that by no means did we need her to be an abused woman. No. And again, I understand that that lends to the theory of a wounded fawn. Mm-hmm. But I, again, name it something else. Yeah, I was going to say, because you kind of, when when you're that upfront about it, it kind of takes away the magic wand effect, you know? Because I I was, I knew it from jumps, like, partway through the movie, I'm like, she can't be dead. Why? Because the fucking guy's got to go. Why? Name of the movie they talked about at the beginning. If he doesn't go, the fuck am I watching this for? Yeah. You know? I I would rather have been Shyamalan a little bit more. You know what I mean? (laughs) We could all use a little more Shyamalan. I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, Fucking smack me on. Learn from the master? Hey, it's the first name that comes to mind now, isn't it? Should I owe Henry it? Like I said, there are Get a other, little older there? There are other things in the film that just... I'm with you 100%. I wanted to like this. I wanted to like Jacob's wife. But I again, there's just too much standing in the way. And I don't think... like Some of it might just be me being nitpicky. You know what? I know what it is. But if you're going to shoot your movie on film and try and do setup shots like a 70s like horror film or like you had sent me a text about them trying to make it look like a giallo or something, uh-huh. that's fine. Make it a giallo. And also set it in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything was 70s-esque except the fucking cell phones yeah. and the cars. And then all of a sudden, yeah, they're cell phones. And you're like, oh, well, this is dumb. Yeah. She should have been trapped here without a cell phone. If you'd have just set this a few decades earlier, yeah. it would have lent a lot. <sighs> so I, That bothers me. I don't know why, but if you're going to film it like that, and I, I understand it's putting the retro feel on a new concept, but it doesn't fit. <laughs> make it, again, fulfill a theme. If you're going to make it like that, make it like that. You know? If you're going to maintain a theme, maintain a theme. Yeah, don't just borrow an aesthetic. <laughs> I think, I think what my problem is, I probably if I would have seen this early, early and while we were doing this, I'd have been knocked out by a bunch of this shit. Because there's parts of it that look like different parts of the movies that we've just recently seen. There's parts of it that take from every piece, and I again, it's like it's part house that Jack built. It's part how you know part this, part that, part the other thing. And if you like, if they can do it and elevate it, I love it. Mm-hmm. You can have a shitty movie, but elevate this one aspect that I'm just like, you've done it. Wow, that's the same scene, but fuck, you did it better. Holy oh, shit! And I'm not taking anything away from the way, like the shots that he gets in this film. No, fuck no. The overhead shot where after she bashes him in the face with that thing, and it's him laying on the carpet with the huge blood stain. Mm-hmm. It's a simple shot, but it looks good. And they did the thing with the the, the checkered, um, what was it, a sheet or whatever? Yeah. 
They did that thing and fuck with me again. That's a beautiful thing. Or just the really easy, there's that, it's basically just photography. Yeah, it's the shot of the uh, cutting board with the pomegranate. Oh, God, yeah. That, where it looks like blood, it, you know. Or when he was digging around in his skull to take away the floating piece and it was a fucking embryonic goddamn chicken. Uh-huh. <laughs> little rubber squeeze chicken pulled out of his head. Yeah, like all of it, like some of that shit looks good. Mm-hmm. Like it's well shot. The camera placement fucking excellent in a lot of these things but it doesn't follow an aesthetic no and and there was one kind of jump scare that didn't even make me jump the dog oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, i was just like which time well the first time (laughs) because they do it again right but it, it was so clunkily done i'm like if you're not gonna do it well don't bother and that's what i feel like a lot of when we say style versus substance too i feel like a lot of this movie is padding because not only does Meredith not need to be there, but yes, it does lend a lot of tension to it, but ultimately none of that really matters. We know what's going to happen from Jump Street. You know, I think what made, made it a little better, if we saw Meredith's more active part in fucking with him, okay? Not even Home alone it, but if she used the intercom to do the voice, mm-hmm. or if we saw her doing those things, scared and bleeding and whatever... That would have made this movie a thousand times better because she... I think you're right. Because she would have taken an active part in her own saving. Instead of being an aspect of something else, she took it into her own hands. She may have been inspired by these things, right? Knowing the theory or knowing the whatever and having an inkling of that's what's causing... And he's, she's fucking with him. That, I would have loved this movie 10,000 times better to see that aspect of her just... Oh, mother... Because we know she's fucking with him because we hear her voice a couple times... I want to see that, to see her empowering herself to fuck him up. Mm-hmm. To have everything, every little challenge that makes him crazier and crazier. That would have made this movie a fucking tense watch. Because that would have made her being previously like an abused woman in a relationship right. that much more impactful. Instead of her just being an abused woman. Mm-hmm. And let's get back to the fact that there's no motherfucking way that she could have got up. <laughs> after that goddamn throat gash. That's why I called bullshit early. And people have lived through worse. That that wasn't an aspect that really angered me because, I mean, okay, that's, any movie. place, that's movies, baby. But straight across the jugular trachea area. Yeah. There's a three straight jugular. Main. Uh, this is one of your main things to keep your head up. Uh-huh. The tendon. Cut through where the tendon area is, the jugular. And... Part of the trachea. She clipped yeah, because he didn't get her square on the throat like he did before. I, no, I'm just saying. But that was a fucking. Not, you're not getting up from that shit. So if if we're nitpicking about little things, you know the thing that really drove me absolutely nuts. I probably I, I'm afraid because it may have driven me nuts, and I tried to put it out of my head. What is it? Uh, he uh, he believes that he's killed her and doesn't know where she is. So he wanders out and he finds that giant blue barrel. Oh, and he digs up... That's empty. And then he digs up the the one that has the bodies in it. Yeah. There is no fucking way that that man deadlifted those barrels full of a body out of the ground. First off, he lost at least half of his fucking blood. (laughs) If we we are to believe that rug, Uh even with Uh co-mingling, he's about about galling down on me. Uh Uh-huh. Now, you're telling me, he did, and he barely broke a sweat, mind you. There's no backfill. No. <laughs> and he picked, I could see maybe the one with the dog in it and the desiccated corpse, maybe. But the one that still had some meat on it, fuck you in the neck. There's no way he's picking that goddamn thing up out of there. No, and to substitute for that, they show him start digging, and they hard cut to just the three <laughs> barrels sitting there. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't have a way to explain it. No. Like, I caught that immediately, like... Hey, those, there's no way he got that fucking barrel out of there. What are you doing, movie? Absolutely that, that was my not. nitpicky thing that really bugged me. It bugged me, too, but now it bugs me even goddamn more. So uh, how did you like the, uh, it feels like, what, two and a half days of him just wandering around with a lantern in the woods? <laughs> I was expecting something cool to happen. Uh, a few things happen. Nothing notable. Like, no. he kind of sees some of the Furies, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh-huh. He sees some of the Furies... And then scampers off into the woods just yelling, Meredith! Some more. Uh-huh. While I was watching that, I said to Kayla, like, how fucking long are they going to let him wander around with a goddamn lantern? And then it happened more. Mm-hmm. 
13 minutes on the steps, baby. <laughs> yeah, padding, mm. James. Padded the fuck out of that. It really bothered me. It's a cool house, though, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, if we're nitpicking as well, this isn't even the movie's fault because it's obviously a thing that exists. Uh-huh. Did you notice how goddamn enormous his wine glasses were? Cheese and rice. <laughs> Those were like half-gallon glasses. You could drop a handle of gallo in that motherfucker. A whole <laughs> handle and still have room for the top to drink. Yeah. Fucking, you had to drink that goddamn I was thing. looking at it funny, and I think Kayla said to me, she was like, those are huge wine glasses. Uh, I was you, like, they are. You, you can't sip out of it. you got to tip your whole goddamn head back to get a sip out of the thing. It's insane. got to fucking gut chug that thing to pull it up. It's not fun. Again, I, that's not the movie's fault. That's not even nitpicking. That's just me noticing something weird. Like, where did he get those fucking things? <laughs> Like, that's almost not even a... That's, like, bigger than a chalice, even. Like, what the fuck? That looks like one of those, like, fucking goof glasses you buy at you buy at Spencer's or something for your yeah. wine friend. They're about half the size of those long tubes they give you in New Orleans <laughs> that are full of the daiquiris or whatever. With the shitty joke, I only drink one glass a day. Yeah. <laughs> There's your wine glass. Yeah. I don't know why, but it, it didn't bug me. It was just a, where the fuck did he get those? <laughs> that's insane. Oh, my God. Okay. So, <clears throat> back to him wandering around the forest. Oh, for cray I. The Furies. Oh, yeah. You, you know what this, my first thought? Okay. You know what my first thought when I saw The Furies is? Oh, God, we're going to watch some bad off-Broadway shit. Here we go. Uh-huh. Here we go. Repo Man times three. <laughs> Let's roll. See, now, whereas Psycho Goreman gets away with it because of its overall aesthetic, mm-hmm. these look bad. Oh, they look real bad. You know what? These look like fucking 1970s BBC Doctor Who villain outfits. That's how fucking bad they look. Now, I understand you were going for authenticity, very limited special effects, because you're doing it on film. Mm-hmm. However, James, mm-hmm. those furies look stupid. I could sew from pattern, and I haven't done it for 20 years. And I could come up with something that's a little more fucking, looks a little fucking better on screen. Just, no. What did they do? And did they go to simplicity patterns and say, I want an owl? And they come in at about, would you say about two-thirds of the way through? Yeah, Because that the parts with the Furies is a substantial part of the movie. Which, not a lot happens, and that's surprising when you think, oh, the Greek Furies taking out their wrath on a man who disrupts the natural order. Well, it's like 30 minutes of rock climbing in fucking House of Jack built. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's got, hmm. But in, I'm not one to usually, like, oh, a bad special effect or a bad costume or whatever. It doesn't generally pull me out of a movie. However... The first half of this movie was filled with tension. Mm-hmm. As much as it might not have needed to be, and I've bitched about it one way or another, it's not bad. Right. It's full attention. It kept me engaged. The second I saw those costumes, mm-hmm. I laughed. That is not a good sign for your horror film. Well, let's put it this way. How many times have I said I always look for reasons for movies that I'm kind of struggling with to you know, finish it and make me like it? Kind of. I need reasons to like it. And that was one of the reasons I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, just don't pull me out. I'm, I'm trying to give you everything I got. Don't fucking pull me out with this shit. Do it better. Be less ham-handed. Do something, but not that. Because here's the thing is I get it. They don't necessarily need to look spooky. Right. But don't make them look stupid. Stupid. If you think that if this, I'm sorry, I if don't this is a relatively to... new like obsession for this serial killer, don't you think that his envisionings of what he sees that he covets the most would look either more like it or more realistic or more something? Instead of you know what he reminded me of? It reminded me of the owl from fucking from fucking Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> and that really fucked with me. Because here's the thing. Here's why those Furies costumes bothered me so much. Because hmm. they already showed us the big bird statue. Okay, yeah. Or, or the god or whatever is possessing him. Yeah. And it looks kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. 
But I give it a pass because, oh, it's what this fucking maniac sees. And they're trying to do a thing. They're trying to do it all on film to where they don't have... It's not The Conjuring or whatever where it's this special effects nightmare. They're trying to do a thing. Awesome, man. It's good to see somebody like trying to make a movie. Yeah, it looks a little goofy. Whatever. Cool. Mm. It's a giant bird that fucking <laughs> takes over his thoughts. Right. You get a pass. Yeah. Now, when you show, also show me Greek goddesses that look comical, straight up comical, is when I kind of check out and go, man, fuck you. <laughs> It would have been better if they would have had, like, the fucking owl from New Zoo Review. i just saying. But then, they made me revoke my giving the owl a pass. because, it, And this is a part that I don't understand whatsoever. I have no read on what he was trying to do at all with this. Uh-huh. When they took off the owl statue's, like, head or mask. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Uh-huh. And it was that little red globule. Yeah. With the... Almost looked like just googly eyes. Yeah. From Michael's. Yeah. James, it looks stupid. I know. And I I hate myself for saying that it looks stupid because that's such a lowbrow take on it. No, dude, but... But there's nothing else to say <laughs> except for it looks comical and it looks stupid. If it and, was... If it had ended up being the fucking chicken he pulled out of his head initially, I'd have been down with that. Yeah. More than the googly-eyed glob. Because uh-huh. either give me the glob. With cause... its two, like, manservants or whatever the fuck it was that were, like, ushering it around. Yeah. But I, there was no point. I didn't get it. Maybe maybe if I had read a book. I don't fucking know. It doesn't even seem like that. No. It just seemed like, again, have you ever seen, like, off-Broadway shit? Not really, no. Sometimes it's amazing. And sometimes you're, like, amazing all the, most of the way through. And you're like, what the fuck? Why? What the f- <laughs> Why? What an actual fuck? I just wasted this much time. Fuck you. Because I have friends in the arts and I have always gone to their shit. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes you're like, I have literally had to ask them, what the fuck was that? Uh huh. And usually explain it to you. And I'm still not and smiling and I'll go read the shit. And I still not and smile. I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. But it looks like a misshapen red Gumby. Mm-hmm. They just kind of like stapled to a board mm-hmm. and made the eyes move independently, but it looks bad. I, I, James, I fucking can't with this movie. Dude, you know how hard I tried to like it? Me too. I was comparing it to other shit I liked and I said, okay, how does it stack up against this? Okay, well, it's okay, not as good, but it's there. Yeah. This fucking shot was cool. Ah, okay, well, there, there's going to be something coming. There's going to there's gonna change my mind. Come yeah. on. There's there's the giant bird that lights up in red in the room in the art uh, auctioneer's house. Yeah. And he clearly is possessed, and he fucking grabs her by the throat with that fucking yeah. metal claw that he's got in his hand that looks like it's spring-loaded. And oh. he lifts her off the ground, and you go, fuck. Uh-huh. You have my attention, movie. Yeah. And then even though it's not really a big thing, but when Meredith is in her therapist's office, that's a real Kubrick shot. Like, it, the framing of it, it, it's a photo. It's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The way they set it up, it's a gorgeous shot for a film. Again, you have my attention, movie. But with all due respect to Mr. Travis Stevens, mm-hmm. when you... In it, almost feels like it has to be intentional when you make your uh, big bads or y- y- your fucking villains, your mm-hmm. scary things that go bump in the night to kill this man for his indiscretions. When you make them look comical and stupid, I want to turn off your movie. Or have it a theme throughout the movie. Uh-huh. Throw me a little something-something, a little funny-funny or a little whatever, and then I would appreciate that. And then... James. <laughs> Are we going to talk about it yet? The credits? Yeah. Want to talk about the credits? Oh, I sure fucking do, James. <laughs> I sure do. Okay. Because long story short, the, uh, <laughs> the Furies talk to him and are getting all, you know, accusing him of whatever. It's very Greek. It's, yeah, yeah. That's what all this thing is based yeah, on, yeah. is Greek myths. Yada, yada, yada. They're punishing him for his misdeeds. Mm-hmm. And 
he stumbles outside with his uh, jaw claw uh-huh. in, in hand. In a motherfucking toga. I'm like, oh, please, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, I had... Uh, my brain would not let me remember that part, but thank you, yes. When he's he was, wrapping the sheets, I'm like, if this is a toga, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie in the neck. <laughs> it was a toga. I'm like, ah! What are you, fucking John Belushi? Knock it off with the toga. <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was going to end when his head lit on fire, because that they were lighting him on fire. Uh-huh. No! That would have enjoyed it if the movie ended fucking there. No! So yeah, the Furies are uh, giving him the business and Meredith is talking from some otherworldly what have you, uh-huh. which lends to the, was she dead? Who knows? What is this glob under the bird? Uh-huh. What the hell is happening? And then he marches outside in a toga uh-huh. to see Meredith wrapped in a tarp, uh-huh. also looking like a toga, uh-huh. and he attacks himself in the neck with his jaw claw. Oh yeah. You think it's done. Which would have been a fine ending. Uh-huh. It would have been a man driven insane by his indiscretions and uh-huh. driven by these furies to commit suicide. Right. Cut it. Roll credits. Yeah. However. Well, they, they, they roll credits. <laughs> they, they, they roll the fuck out of them they credits. They do indeed roll credits. All three and a half, four minutes of them. Over Josh Rubin, <laughs> bless his heart, I felt so bad for those two actors. Uh-huh. I bet she was waiting for the director to call cut at any time. He's like, keep going. Okay. He, he is, and you can tell almost that they both almost seem annoyed that they have to keep doing this. Yes. He is just kind of wiggling around on the ground, snapping at his own neck. Yeah. Repeatedly. Rep- oh, constantly while just wiggling around on the ground. I kept waiting for the Benny Hill song to come. Yeah, da 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 you know when you see a dog that's trying to get stink off him uh-huh. or on him? Yeah. What, what? I don't know what dogs are up to when they're rolling around. Oh, no. It looks like that. Yeah. If that dog was killing himself. And you know those jokes you tell where you tell the joke until it becomes annoying? Uh-huh. And then you wait a minute and uh-huh. then it's funny again? Uh-huh. It did that and then it stopped being funny uh-huh. and it's just got annoying again. And never, if they would have stopped it when it, that one time where it was funny, mm-hmm. I would have loved it. But it's instead two actors really struggling to get through her just watching him wiggle around on the ground, snapping at his neck, and him wanting to stop. Like some of the anger on his face was at the director. Still, motherfucker? Okay, ah! Yeah, because he stops a few times, like, for a little bit, and is just, like, lays there for a second. (laughs) Does it again. And then snaps at his neck and just starts wiggling around. And she looks so bored and irritated that she has to be there. Because you know it wasn't warm. It's the funniest. James. I honestly was going to. I I said aloud. So this was how you decided to do your end credits. Yep. Who told you this was a good idea? It was so fucking funny in retrospect. Like I have watched it. I will watch it again just, just to watch it. How many times does he actually do it? Okay, I'm going to look at his eyes and see when he was like, we fucking cut yet? Yeah, are we done with this? I want to see she, that change. And I swear to God, she is moments away from just like pulling out her phone to read texts because she is so bored. Fuck a bunch of all this. What? Are you I, dead I cannot, yet, motherfucker? I cannot stress enough. He's just wiggling. He's not like writhing He's just wiggling and going, ah, sticking one leg straight out. <laughs> By the third one, there'll be no throat left. How does exactly. this motherfucker have blood? It's, it, it was a real shame. Because this movie went from you have my full attention to my God, are you fucking done yet? I was at one time I looked at my watch and I'm like, Dude, fucking really? I'm glad this isn't two and a half hours. I'm glad this isn't two hours. I'm glad this isn't 15 minutes longer than it goddamn is. It is like a cool 90 minutes. It's a real quick one. Man, I tried. I tried so fucking hard to like this movie. And that's what I wanted to like this so much because there are so many, were so many good aspects about Jacob's wife even. But it all just kind of falls flat. And... Like you said that, oh, I recognize this from this. I recognize this from this. Mm -hmm. None of it's, like, directly stolen. No. 
but it's it's very much that like oh you saw an art film and went I can do that you didn't get why the camera movements were the way they were in some of these other films mm-hmm. it's I can do that watch this gotcha you know and it kind of strikes me as somebody who's more used to theater directing maybe you know because you don't have the same worry about the camera you have a panoramic at all times you have to you know shrink the set or raise the set to draw focus if you're not used to that you might have to work you know things look different on camera than they look in real life so i'm assuming maybe i give him another movie or two maybe you know he's got a lot of aspects that i like i will give him another shot because yeah. i like a, a lot of the stuff in there I, there's a lot to like it's just when it pulls it together it just didn't quite pull together for me exactly and like I understand the central theme that they were trying to go for, that it's still as relevant today as it was 6,000 or whatever years ago when the ancient Greeks were telling these stories about, listen, if you're a man and you're going to go out robbing and murdering women specifically, like... You're going to get some. Yeah. And it's just as true today because men have not changed in thousands of years. Mm Mm-mm. However, I think it's doing this story a very, like, very much doing it a disservice to make it comical and stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, man, some of your instincts are spot on, but others just, it, it feels like he wanted to throw something in that looked cool. Again, if we, and I was, because we've talked about this recently, I, I, I was having these thoughts about a few of the, a few of the scenes, I'm like, the only reason this scene exists is because I liked watching it. It doesn't fit in with anything. It doesn't move the story. But goddamn, did it look cool. And get, like, uh, when she's in the bathroom being real, real nervous, and her friend calls and gives her the, girl, you've got to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, you just eliminate that entire thing. None of this needs to be done. She's already on edge. He's already started to become aggressive. Right. You didn't need her friend calling to say that, because uh, because she worked at the museum where the statue came from, so she recognized. So the guy hit with the uh, clue bat. Pat. Y- yeah, uh, the woman who bought it at the auction was killed, and she's missing. Like, yeah, man, we all know what's going on. You don't need a character from off screen to call her and tell her that. She doesn't need even need to know that. Like, she's the tension has already been ratcheted up. She knows something is wrong. Right. When she says, "I I gotta go," she puts on her best face because she's used to you know trying to walk on eggshells around crazy men who might hurt her, mm-hmm. and just kind of the uh, well, I might have to go die now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She already knew what was happening. You didn't need her friend to call her. <laughs> Yeah. Because he tries to, on that phone call, he tries to barge in the door, too. Yep. I'm like, just little things. Like, your instincts were almost there. Mm-hmm. But you fucked it up at the last minute. Like I said. Again, I, these I, are all my opinions, but, like, man, we watch a lot of movies. and Yeah. I, I, the fact that we both are in a kind of agreement about these things and just like, yeah, man, that means there's probably a problem. When we watched it independently of each other and went, yeah, that didn't that didn't click whatsoever. Because there's me. a lot there's a lot of times where I'll see shit you didn't see or you see shit that I didn't see. No, we pretty much saw the same shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there were, usually I put shit out of my memory though, so yeah, it's kind of a one up on me. Thank you. Yep, I uh, I don't know if I would recommend this to anyone. No, I know because, I usually just bombard you with that question, but I, I don't know, man. If you've seen everything else, go ahead and watch A Wounded Fawn, I guess. Yeah, but, it, like, I don't think it would, like, scratch. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, at no time, the, I was tense during a lot of this movie, but I wasn't actually scared. It didn't scare me like a lot of movies I've seen recently, like, where I couldn't fucking... We, we've been on a roll of, like, actually scary fucking movies. Right, lately. this one didn't even make my horror click. I, I didn't even get a jump scare, and... I guess I didn't, because of the telegraphing or what, I, it was gory, yes. But that's uh, gore and fear aren't the same thing. You know what I mean? And I didn't get scared scared in this movie. And not to say that, again, it, it's a story that I guess still needs to be told, but you didn't need to add all the stuff about like 
the Greek Furies. Because if you're telling a story that n nobody already knows or doesn't care about, and you have to front load it with the statue of, because the auctioneer the explains the entire use the Greek theory, Greek Furies, as her impetus to stay alive, as opposed to being a supernatural entity. She knows the story. She fucking knows it's wrapped around this kid's head. So turn it into like. Turn it into like uh, that that movie where the burglar comes in and the chick is blind. Turn out the lights. Well, she's fucking with his mental. That would be a movie, right? But when you front load it with an auctioneer at a museum, flat out telling us what the movie is, yeah. Like, All right, man. And, and it takes away the empowering aspect of her triumph and makes it. She couldn't triumph. She had to have the Furies to guide her. Yeah. Which lessens the message if you were trying to give a message. And it's my same argument that I've had before. If you're going to have a message in a film, make it a good film to, to serve the message. If you're going to preach, preach well. If not, do it subtly. And if you're going to be this fucking pretentious, your movie better be good. Yeah. <laughs> and you make, make your heroine her own person. Make her heroine not through some supernatural entity. Sure, she could get up. Oh my God, I should stay alive. Why? Because I need to punish. If I don't do it, other women will hurt, and that empowers her, and that makes her the absolute fucking A1 hero of this fucking movie. Because for a lot of the time that the Furies are inflicting their wrath, she's not in the film. Right. Her voice is kind of there. Right. She's there in, like, I think a couple distorted little sequences. Right. But other than that, she's not a character in the rest of the film. If this is indeed about women's empowerment, Make it about women's empowerment and have the woman be empowered, not through supernatural means, but through her own strength. <gasps> what? You mean women don't need to be helped? What the fuck? Yeah. It, it just totally just stepped on this message's dick, so to speak. Yeah. It, it just it, it negated it. I'm like, well, no. Yep. Another reason to dislike this film. Yeah, and that's it, it kind of goes along to the... Th I think we talked about it before with the uh, autopsy of Jane Doe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Women don't need our help. No. Nope. If they ask you, go ahead. Yeah. But don't just assume that you need to stand up for women because they can do it. Or you're even capable of it in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> you no. Know. Oh, oh, man. man. Oh, boy. This movie, though, huh? No, I, I seriously, because my horror fan films or my horror film friends, I wouldn't fuck with them with this because it wasn't scary. Art film friends, it wasn't, it wasn't enough messages, wasn't enough depth. I couldn't give it to them. Who the fuck am I going to show this movie to? Yeah. Eh, no, I got the only thing I could say is if I knew a, if I wanted to ease somebody into an arty horror film, I'd throw this at them because it's short and it hits on some themes, and it gets you thinking. I say, okay, now you saw this. I showed you this to show you this. Why? Why don't you think about some stuff? Watch. <laughs> Okay, wh why? We're going to watch Tenebra, because this is what the movie's supposed to look like. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> We're going to watch a Anwar film, because this is about this. We're going to watch this, because they did this better. I'm, I'll get them through the arty films, but I can, this would be a nice starty arter. You know? A, a nice arty starty? Yeah, a nice arty starty. You want to get somebody into some cool... cool um, yeah, but, or the, you could just show them good movies. <laughs> yeah, but... I. I could have done. I could have done with a little more easing into the arties. Because I mean, it doesn't even have to be like you should show them any Kubrick film. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you want to just be arty. Yeah, but arty horror, I guess I would say. Yeah. I mean, this, this is like a little tip of the toe in. Okay, well, like now let, said, let me show you how it's done. Here, watch this. <laughs> like I said, man, I I really I don't mean to like come down real hard on this guy, but like. Some of your instincts are real good, and I hope he keeps making oh, movies. Oh, God, I do, too. I really hope he keeps making movies. I'd like to see what this is going to turn into. Uh, but I would also maybe like to see him just direct and maybe not so much write. Yeah. I would say that because what, what's our biggest complaint about any movie that we don't like? Almost too old movie. It's because it wasn't well-written. Yep. Bottom line, it was not well-written. wasn't inhabited. Yep, and this movie does a, the thing that a lot of uh, the movies that we don't like for this reason do... Things happen because the screenwriter needed them to. Uh -huh. A lot of it doesn't feel organic. It feels like this happened because we needed it to happen. Right. Because otherwise, we don't know how to get from point A to B. <laughs> right. Man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, don't, I will say that I don't feel like I wasted time. I feel like I learned something about how films are made. 
both good and bad. You know, like I was looking for hints of what made this good, from, you know, from what I watched before and what made it bad from what I watched before. And I can almost half-ass put a scene together now, you know what I mean? I think, I'm thinking more of like how to make scenes pull together again. And it, it's kind of cool that I'm learning that, but it kind of sucks when I see it because now I can't just enjoy a movie without picking it the fuck apart. This reminds me a lot of, you remember when we did uh, They Live in the Gray? Mm-hmm. Where I said the same thing almost. It feels like somebody that watched in, like an art house film, like an It Follows or something, went, I could do that. Uh-huh. Like, no, you can't. There's a lot more intention be- that made those movies good. There's a lot more intention behind the camera movements, how like just the mechanics of the film work that made them good. Here it's, they're stunning photography, but that uh, that a movie does not make. <laughs> well, I always said if I was going to make a movie, the only thing, I don't know how to do shit about movies, the only thing I'd do is I'd spend most of my budget on the fucking writing mm-hmm. and then shoot it as cheaply as humanly possible because I'm hoping the writing and the acting would shine through because there's no way, I, I, I wouldn't even bother with something that wasn't well written. Right, but then I also bring you back to the Furies in this film. They oh look God, stupid! Oh God, I would <laughs> rather me right out. I'd rather them being intimated or a shadow. I would have dealt with the same costumes if I only saw them in shadow. Okay, because yeah. once you saw the detail, you're like, Wah-ha-ha. oh yeah. dear, no. Or, or even like, it's stupid, but like, if there was a new like painting in his home that was one of the Furies or something, something that's not the bad masks that they put on <laughs> oh them. god anyway uh, yeah skip it yeah don't don't i'd, I'd say skip it nah, unless go. you really need something to watch and you want to figure out what the fuck we're talking about because who knows if anyone else has seen this it's a brand new, new movie. movie that's a shutter exclusive or you know what you could do is you're watching movies you can go back and you saw it go back and check us out and go oh yeah and, and see this or, yeah i mean or, or listen to this it's fine, James. It's a solid five for me. It's it's a real skip. It's not bad enough to like really be that mad at. I know we picked it apart a lot. Yeah. But it really, in reality, it's not that bad. It's not like a Roger Corman. Nah, it, it's, I will say that, you know, again, I don't feel like I had wasted my time seeing it. I, I think I learned some shit. And the shots that were cool were good enough to keep me in it. Eh, I couldn't, couldn't completely bypass, which puts it down to a five. Yeah. It, it's a solid middle of the road. They could have aided it if they tried hard. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, hey, you. Yeah, me. You. Yeah, what about me? Did 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 you learn the thing? The horror? Did, did, you, did you learn where vomit? people can find us? Podcast at gmail.com. You want to say it? <laughs> horror vomit podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, shoot us an email. Uh, you can also find us. We have a Facebook group, Instagram page. We are on the Grom. We are on the Grom, all mm. over that Grom. Oh, yeah. We're all up in that Grom. <clears throat> and uh, cost you nothing. If you want to go to, like, Apple Podcasts or something, maybe or give Spotify. us some stars. Maybe some review. God damn it. All the stars. I completely forgot. Somebody left us a very nice review. So what? Yeah, somebody left us a very nice five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. I, I'll i read it next week. I'm not doing all the stuff right now. Holy Walter. shit, no. I, I, I already didn't do it, but uh, it was in reference to our uh, Italian beefs. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you. We will shout you out on a later Absolutely. episode when James reminds me. <laughs> And he doesn't also forget. Okay. But thank you. Uh, yeah, but We're yeah, putting go, a pin in that for this week, yeah, next week. Go, go give us five stars so we can disappoint you as well. Absolutely. All right, James. Uh, anything else? Uh, I will have new merch starting next week. We will start having keychains. Yes. We will have more information about that when everything is more concrete. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're getting into the arms trade. Absolutely. Keychain trade. Key it's chain, not a weapon. Chain. Absolutely not. You're not a weapon. We do not condone any uses of this keychain other than being a keychain. Thank you very much. Yep. You certainly should not do anything illegal with the things that you buy from us. Be Ever. It, be it keychains or powdered substances. Or glasses or hoodies or t-shirts. <laughs> glasses? Cups. Oh, 
I thought you meant like we were going to start selling optical lenses. Yes, we're going to have our own frame. <laughs> Get yourself some vomit lens. Mm-mm-mm. Dude, that the marketing actually on would, that. <laughs> that's a real stupid idea that I kind of really want to go. Like, man, <laughs> if we could get our bullshit in like lens crafters. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Nobody what knows. a stupid market that would be for us to First make. First of all, everybody be buying the frames. Nobody listen. Nobody know anything about the podcast. Big horror vomit fan. What? No, a cool lens is the whole. Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, somebody brought those jack wagons up to me the other day. I have no idea what them or you are talking about. <laughs> Jesus, man, that would be the stupidest way that if we ever like became millionaires. Like, how'd you do it? Well. We had a real stupid podcast that we then transitioned into uh, eyeglass frames. We, we have a merchandise empire for some reason. Yeah. You don't, nobody listens to podcasts, but fuck, we sold the shit out of stuff. You want to go see my below-ground shark tank I got out back? <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. So, yeah, come buy our glasses. <laughs> and keychains. And keychains. Oh, yeah, the thing we're actually selling. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have more info uh, next week. Fucking my God. I think we did it again. I think we really shit the bed on a dismount. Good night. Yeah. We are, uh, who is that? Fucking, good night. Who was the, I'm trying to find the button to entertain Say good night, for a Gracie. minute. Who was the Olympic lady? Carrie Strug. Carrie that was her Strug. name. No, wait, she stuck the landing. I, I got that know. wrong. I fucked it up. You sure did. Oh, I'm sorry. Stuck that landing too, motherfucker. Oh, shit, I missed the button. Good night. Fucking, I missed the button.